Welcome to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. We look at revitalization in real time, examining the ups and downs of revitalizing and replanting historic and legacy churches throughout New England and the U.S. Now here's your hosts. Hey, welcome back to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. I am your host, Don McKinnon of the Squeaky Chair and Legacy Church. Uh, in Sutton, Massachusetts. I am I am so looking forward as I record this and it is um, the start of uh, Pastor Appreciation Month and um, I don't know about you. I know I know it becomes a controversial subject, but um, uh, my church is going to be doing something on the 17th, which I've already found out what I'm getting, and I am happy. It's a combination of pastor appreciation and graduation gift. I am getting a new chair, a new executive leather chair that I am excited for. Because this chair I am in, I've had for the last four years, and it is, uh, it has gotten squeakier and squeakier and to the point that I can't stand it. And I know some of you have... <laughs> said something on uh, social media about how this chair squeaks. And it's tough when you are sitting at the table uh, recording and all sorts of things go on. Like you, you want to move. I am, I am a very movable guy. If you've ever watched uh, my videos, I walk around a lot and I, I am expressive with my hands. It is uh, some people have said it's because you may have watched too much Matt Chandler, and I tell them no, it's because I have um, Ashkenazi Jewish in me, and uh, we express ourselves with our hands, um, much like the Italians. But yeah, so I am excited about that. I hope that you have found the last two episodes uh, very encouraging. They were from our pastor's pre, uh, well, our pastor's encouragement dinner. I, I sat there and I said it was the pastor's dinner and encouragement. I should have just called it the pastor's encouragement dinner, but um, that's what happens when you're in seminary and you're, um, you know, you you have to you have to sound smart almost. I hate I hate to put it that way, but you know you're sitting there and you're trying to sound smart, and um, you know you 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 end up uh, being told to use phrases that you normally wouldn't in your normal talk. So um, it was a pastor's encouragement dinner. Uh, we had uh, thirty pastors and spouses there, and it was a great time. Um, and then this week has been busy for me. I served on. Uh, the ordin ordination council of not one but two men who were called to the gospel ministry. And so um, that was an honor to serve on those two um, councils. And, uh, you know, it, it's just great. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying today. It is a day off for me. I am not doing my secular job. It's technically my Sabbath day. So you might say, well, why are you doing this? because I find enjoyment in, in recording the podcast. And actually, as life has gotten busy, you sit there and you realize you have to use certain times that you have. And, you know, I think if something is enjoyable and it's, you know, I'm not getting paid for this. We don't have sponsorship. 
then uh, it doesn't count as work to me. Um, and so I am here to encourage you. At least I hope you're encouraged. Um, I am sitting here really feeling the, the fall. Like I, I enjoy the fall. It's my favorite time of year. It's the um, season I was born in. I just celebrated my 48th birthday a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I am enjoying it. But uh, I am here, and you might have seen the the title, which I don't have. I don't have a title as I'm recording this. But I know that you're going to see the title, and you're going to be like, hmm, this sounds interesting. Um, and so how does this go with revitalization? Uh, let me say this. Uh, I'm working on the title. Possibly, uh, the old, are the old ways better than the new ways? Um... And I will get there. I will, I will tell you, you know, it, it's kind of interesting what's been going on in the life of my church and the life of other churches I've seen, other pastors I've been talking to. Uh, it just becomes that thing where you're sitting there and you come to this realization that um, just maybe, just maybe, um, some of the things that we have gotten away from because... Uh, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, um, as the church growth movement came out there. And, you know, as Mark Clifton has said, there are good things that we can take from them, and there are bad things that we shouldn't take from them. And so when we look at these things, um, what are the things that are really becoming something that we need to kind of refocus, reshift, maybe re-examine are these things stuff that we need to be doing so let me explain in this regard so um you know number one the topic here uh that we want to talk about is the return of the midweek service now it's not necessarily a midweek service let me explain usually midweek services were wednesday night services um, fundamentalist Baptist, independent fundamentalist Baptists still have them. Um, but for evangelical churches, they've gone away from them. Um, and in many cases, it's been kind of uh, something that was needed to, to be done because we look at the way um, things have been. Uh, we look at how people were working jobs and um, those jobs were requiring a lot of time. People didn't have as much free time, especially if uh, kids were involved in sports and other activities. But now uh, what is what people are starting to see is as uh, the work situations have changed, millennials are those type where they're going from job to job and they may start working a job in which they are working uh, the weekends and so it's harder for them to get to church midweek services or a, a an additional nighttime service that is not on Sunday is becoming kind of the trend back. Uh, we look at down south, what's going on is we're seeing a lot of uh, churches down south are adding a, a Thursday night service. And so they're saying that their weekend um, services are beginning earlier and they're adding a Thursday night service 
And those services can begin at 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock, depending on where they are and the need. And those services are doing well. Uh, I know of one church uh, in this area, in New England, that began a Thursday night service. They saw only about 15 people show up to the first one, and at the end of the first year, they had 100. At the end of the second year, they were over 300 people. So it's showing that it's a necessity and that it is something that is active to a church that a church should be thinking about when it comes to uh, the old ways because we have those midweek services. We, I know uh, a friend of mine, his church runs the midweek service. The senior pastor preaches on Sunday. He is the associate pastor and he preaches the midweek service. So it's not adding to the uh, pastor's workload of having to write two ser ser sermons, but uh, it's actually being an, a, an opportunity for others in the church, other um, elders, other lay people to get the work in to be able to hone their ability to preach God's word. And at the heart of it, you know, it's it's one of those things where we see a lot of um, people in sports. They're doing sports activities and other things. They get involved and they are, um, how do we put it? They, they're involved in sports activities and uh, it keeps them away from being able to go to certain events, certain times. Um, so either a Wednesday or a Thursday night service works for them. And uh, it, is, it is something that I think is the future, um, bringing that back. Now, how that looks, that's, a, that's another question. Do you do it with all the gusto that you do a Sunday night uh, or a Sunday uh, worship time? Or do you do it a little less complicated? Now, I'll be honest, full disclosure, we have families in our church right now. We have been struggling uh, to keep the younger people in on Sunday nights, uh, Sunday mornings rather. And uh, we have one family where the father actually works um, seven months out of the year on Sundays. And... Um, we began a conversation where we said, you know, what would this look like? Because we have had visiting families who don't see our young families. Um, you know, we only have uh, two families with younger kids in. And we've begun that conversation. How, how does this look like? What does this look like if we go and start a Wednesday or Thursday night service? And, and um, do we do it with all that same gusto? You know, do we do it with all the same oomph uh, and it really becomes a question and I think right now what we've decided is we're gonna start slow we're gonna start simple um, you know do a couple of songs time of announcements and jump right into the sermon um, and and we're, we're working that out we're, we're just at the beginning stages we know that um, January I want to say January 6th is going to be our start date for um, the first one. We're going to we're going to do two in January and two in February. 
and go from there and see uh, how the Lord works this out. But I think it's going to be something where we're going to see uh, the Lord really use this opportunity for us. And then uh, we'll, we'll begin probably March 3rd uh, as our full-time launch for this service and see where God takes it for us. So we're going to do that, and uh, we, we know that we have an opportunity to really minister out to people. We have an opportunity of reaching um, four families right now with five families who have also expressed an interest that if we did this, that they would join. So it's a potential of anywhere between, um, uh, man, let's see, anywhere between 27 and 36 people in that service to start. So we'll go from there. And that kind of goes into the next topic. Um, the next topic is youth groups uh, later in the night and um, usually with an adult Bible study in another room. And what I mean by that is um, what we're seeing is we're seeing youth groups where youth groups are happening on Fridays again but they're happening later in the time so that way there if the kids get involved in sports if you know we all know the the old saying Friday night lights if they're playing football on Friday night and that game gets over and youth group is going on um, those kids are heading over to the church to go to youth group uh, their parents are going to the church not to drop them off, but to go into another area of the building and have their adult time of study. And it's working out for a lot of uh, churches. I, I have a friend whose church does youth group Friday nights. They told me they, they do it at 8 o'clock at night and it goes to uh, 10 o'clock, 10.30, depending on the night. And they have 100 kids strong in this youth group which are not even all uh, from the church and there's a lot of stuff and they're seeing a lot of these kids coming now Sundays to the church and it's really um, you know a shot in the arm for their church why would we do this you know again it's that question it's that point that we want to make sure people are aware of in that um, you know, they are uh, sitting there and trying to have that, um, it is a, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of how to, how to describe this. It's a good thought. It's a good point um, because they're opening that door, which would normally be closed. You think about it, how many um, youth groups struggle. Uh, I have seen churches over the years where uh, we talk about fluctuation in numbers during church services where it's the same thing for youth groups. And we just see this, this circular pattern of um, a lot of kids and a, uh, a smaller amount of kids. And it's usually a lot of kids who are in uh, sixth, seventh grade who start coming in. And then by the time they get into high school and they start getting involved in high school sports or after school uh, activities, they're not there. They're not able to put in as much time or, or they're working and it really holds off um, from the number. So what we're beginning to see in these regards is, um, you know, churches 
really thinking about how they can um, reach their reach their kids and excuse me how that would really uh, impact their neighborhoods and in some of these churches what they're doing is they're doing that and then they're they're you know opening up eight o'clock they know that most of the activities are done by that time the kids are coming in um, even if the games run later uh, they're still there and the kids show up but then they're also doing a Bible study for the parents and the parents are coming in to study the Bible and it's just opening up that opportunity now is it going to stay that way I don't know you know um, it might be for certain regions it might be for certain areas but it's definitely something that is beginning to show itself in a greater opportunity for churches to open their doors open their hearts um, and just find find ways of ministering to the kids that we are losing at a rapid pace and really get them turned on to God. And then that kind of brings me down to the last point. The last point is smaller church is desired. And um, what I mean by that is that we are seeing this opportunity where um, I, I won't say that it's been... Um, trying to think of how to describe this it's it's not that this has been um an issue but with covid with a number of things we are seeing smaller church sizes desired um and i think that this is this is a great opportunity for a lot of churches to uh hold on to to look forward to to not you know i i think we we are in a society where people will hear that and they kind of poo-poo it because their, their, their mindset is so set on, well, everybody wants the larger churches. But the truth of the matter is there is enough evidence out there now which is showing that larger churches are clo not closing, but they're losing numbers in, in dramatic fashion. In fact, uh, Tom Rainer and Mark Clifton and other revitalizers out there have discussed um, to the point of a number of these larger churches uh, where it's cavernous. Uh, that's the word I keep hearing. It's cavernous as these uh, buildings that were once built to hold three, four, five, six thousand people, and there's maybe 600 to 1,200 people inside. Um, and it just feels cavernous because they built too big and it's because the people are leaving looking for smaller churches where they're able to know one another. And so people have to, that people have to understand that they have to accept that and they have to be willing to take that, um, and know that this is going to be the way that church is headed. And I think this becomes part of that circle that, we read about, um, most of you know I am a big Strauss-Howe uh, generations uh, cycle guy. And this is the one thing that I think we are seeing. We're seeing that circular pattern where uh, one thing that has been there for forever and ever, so to speak, 
is starting to show it's long in the tooth. I don't think all large churches are going to close, but I think the number is going to become drastically lower. Uh, and um, maybe even the, the definition of megachurch, which is usually a church of 2,000 or more, is going to have to be redefined to be a different size. But I think you're going to see that over, over time. Uh, but the smaller churches are going to have a comeback, and I think part of it is these other two things. How are smaller churches going to make a comeback? And I think it's going to be that these things where... We're going to see where if a smaller church is bringing back a midweek service and when they're able to talk and meet with people and kind of point it out that this opportunity exists for people who are working during the week to come and worship God and not feel like they're not part of the, of the bigger church, that they are a part of the bigger church, um, that's going to be key. And I think also with the youth groups, um, and and uh, allowing parents to come in and study at that same time, it's going to really open up a lot of doors, a lot of doors for a lot of people. So that's just briefly my thoughts on this. Um, if you have any questions or anything, uh, please um, you know send us a, a, an email. Um, my email is going to be in the show notes. And uh, the other thing is, I think what we're gonna what we're gonna point out too is, you know, if you um, have any ideas, any any thoughts on this, you know, let us know. Um, drop us a like on um, this podcast, whether you're listening to it on Apple or um, Spotify or wherever you're hearing this podcast. Let us know that you like it because that's gonna get this message out even more as we're trying to uh, grow our audience. We know we have a good size audience out there right now, but we want you to uh, really become part of the fam and understand that we are trying to do this um, to help encourage you as pastors. So without further ado, this is Don McKinnon saying God bless you.